Pigs and Sligets. Welcome to the Rupture Farmily. My name is Gorsh, and I will be your automated orientation kiosk. I envy you embarking on a brand new career in the exciting field of farm control. You'll learn how to fire a gun with reckless abandon, suppress gag reflexes, both your own and those of others, avoid reporting our many OSHA violations. Now, before you feel overwhelmed, I just want to introduce my partner, who will give you the one simple mnemonic key to success to your new career slash life slash eternity. Take it away, Grandma. Thank you, Gorsh. Hello, Sligs. I know my colleague may have made it sound complicated, but really, you just need to remember the ABCs. Always keep your safety off, blocking out screams, and conserve anesthesia. First, A. Your machine gun is your best friend. Why stifle him with a safety? Always shoot at the slightest provocation, because whatever you kill, we turn into food. That's innovation. Next, B. Our work isn't pretty. At the end of the day, we've killed a lot of creatures for fun, food, and profit. Over the course of your workday, you're going to hear a lot of our products make a lot of noises that sound like screams. We assure you, this is just harmless gas and souls exiting their body, leaving room for deliciousness. That rolls nicely into point C, conserving anesthesia. Though it may seem like a good idea to anesthetize the paramites, scrabs, and motocons, such expensive drugs will be wasted on their simple, fish-like nervous systems. Now, uh, before we move on, do any of you have any questions? Uh, yeah. Prom, Gulag 3 over here. I mean, isn't it wrong to use monocons as food? I mean, they're clearly sentient. I mean, they talk, they hope, they dream. The other day, I saw one of them write a song. Shouldn't we just not use sentient creatures for... Oh, th- thanks, Corey. Now, uh, if you'll make your way to the drainage sluice... I have some very interesting things to tell you about your mind control insurance. And, and on your way, uh, be sure to watch out for fireballs. Watch out for fireballs, friends. This is Gary Butterfield. Just wanted to pop in here real quick and let you know that we had some technical difficulties when recording this ep- episode. Uh, part of it is I moved to a new apartment. Acoustics are terrible here. Also, we had some kind of weird little glitches. So we used my backup uh, recording for this one, and the sound quality is now where we want it to be. But uh, hopefully it is good enough, and we are working on it. So thank you. Hello, my name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you are listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. Which is a retro video games podcast. And Gary, what are we talking about this week? Uh, This week we are talking about Oddworld, Abe's Odyssey. This is a a puzzle platformer developed by Oddworld Inhabitants in 1997. Uh, It's been released for the PlayStation and for the PC. Now, the game cast you as Abe, a uh, a creature called a Motocon, uh, just a 
big green dude with his mouth mouth sewn shut. No problem. Uh, he's a slave working for a company called Rupture Farms, which is a large uh, food corporation. Uh, you navigate side-scrolling levels, and you have to explore the factory, rescue your coworkers, uh, and venture into the habitats of uh, the creatures that were nearly driven to extinction by Rupture Farms for their uh, various meat cakes. Right, right, right. Um, it plays really similarly to other uh, puzzle platformers, um, specifically in the mold of like Out of This World or Flashback or Prince of Persia. One of the kind of twists in this game, though, is that Abe can speak with other creatures, and uh, your primary mode of uh, offense is to perform these chants that allow you to possess your enemy enemies. Yes, that is your primary mode of offense and defense because anything you do will will result in death. Will result in your death, yes. <laughs> this is the game in which I died the most uh, for Watch Out Fireballs. Yeah. It, but easy. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they make a point. They make a point to say it at the beginning too. Like, uh, you know, even even though you have unlimited lives, you're going to need all of them, or something yeah. like that. Is how yeah. they put it. And I was like, ha, yeah. ah, that's funny. But they they they're not they're not lying. That's, they're, that's, they're, that's definitely, definitely true. This is the the game that you know if if you wanted to take a you know a repeated kind of mantra from this show, um, and that being that you know nothing is fun when you do it ten times. Um, you can follow that to its conclusion that, you know, nothing is fun if you have to do it 20 times. Nothing is fun when you do it 30 times, 40 times, you know, sometimes even 50. I, I bet you there are levels on this thing where I tried 50 times. Yeah. To get through. I, 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 I considered like making a tick mark every time I attempted a screen, like just to, just to see, but that would have been a very, uh, that just, I, I, I wouldn't have been able to handle it emotionally. I don't think. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it would, yeah, it would have been a grim reminder. Yeah, it should be. It should be noted uh, that this is a game that was chosen by you. Uh, we gave you some options on the Facebook group, and uh, this was the one that won by a resounding margin. And yes. we're going to discuss why why you were wrong uh, throughout the course of this episode. <laughs> yeah, that, I, yeah, it, it's it's fine. You know, we yeah. don't. We're we're not uh, the the goal of this game. This podcast is not just to beat you know these <laughs> games. We're necessarily even to have a good time. We just want to talk about them. Yeah, so, we, um, we neither beat nor had a good time with these <laughs> games. <laughs> with this game, <laughs> yeah, that's that's okay. Yeah. yeah, with this this game specifically. Yeah, oh, and you know this game specifically, and there are more of them too. You know, this game was supposed yeah. to be part of a quintology, uh, but it never quite made it that far. Um, there are two direct sequels that exist. One is called Abe's Exodus which takes this and turns it up to uh, a couple of thousand degrees. Um, and then Munch's Odyssey, which was an Xbox uh, launch game. Uh, there was a first-person puzzle platformer kind of uh, shooter game called Stranger's Wrath that uh, takes place in the same universe, uh, but it didn't have anything to do with Abe, I don't think, so I don't know if it's considered part of the Quintology or not. Right, it's a different style of game and everything, too. I, I haven't played that, but I've read a little bit about it. Looks good. Um, yeah, I bet you. I bet you. You know, it's got tons of charm and personality, and then is infuriating. <laughs> um, so, you know, that, that's my bet based on what I know. Um, it's an educated guess. I, I have a, a history of video game books called like Insert Coin or Power Up or One Up or something like that. I can't remember the name. I don't have it within arm's reach. And they have a, a four or five page section about um, Oddworld inhabitants. And these guys, like when this game was going to come out, these were the 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 kids most likely to. Yeah. Like this was a big deal, and and when this came out, and and you know they they're talking about you know the end of this article is like you know you haven't heard the last of the odd world inhabitants you know they they are going to to change video game playing you know forever like there's a lot of ambition and kind of care 
in the design of this game, which is, I, I think, why it has the kind of cult following that it does, mm-hmm. um, while still being far too too frustrating for, <laughs> for most most mortals. Um, why don't you talk to us a little bit about the plot? Cool. Yeah. So as I mentioned before, um, you know, there there are tons of you know crazy creatures in uh, this world, in this odd world, if you will, um, and you get to find out that most of them are made out of are made into food by uh, Rupture Farms here. The main character Abe, which is in no way meant to be a heavy-handed reference to the Old Testament, um, <laughs> uh, he is the long-running Mudokon uh, employee of the month at Rupture Farms. Um, uh, a food conglomeration that makes, quote, tasty yet disgusting meat products. Um, one day he's working late uh, and he stumbles into a board meeting uh, being held by the Rupture Farms president, Moloch the Glucken, um, he, and he discovers that the uh, next product being put out is uh, Motocon Pops, which is really just a Motocon head on a stick. Right, right. And this is, you learn this all uh, in this opening sequence, which is one of the best opening sequences in any video game. Like the the first like minute of of FMV setting up this world and this story is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like it looks so good and it so much personality comes across in it. Like uh, Mulek the Glucken is just this kind of like demon looking you know guy in a, in a large coat or anything, but he's chomping on this big fat cigar, <laughs> you know, in in a boardroom. There's a weird, just very like interesting mix of the alien and like the concrete mm-hmm. in in this world. And there's a lot of kind of you know humor in it too. Like the you know the uh, before you learn what the actual um, new product is, the Motocon Pops, um, you know, it just referred to as new as new and tasty. <laughs> and there's all these posters around for new and tasty. And it just, you know, I found out what new and tasty is and it's them. So when, when Abe uh, finds this out, obviously he's, he's terrified and he decides to flee the factory and try to rescue as many uh, Motocons as he can with them. Uh, during his escape, he falls off a, a cliff and dies, but he's revived by a native Motocon shaman named Big Face. He's called this because he has a big African mask. Yeah, he's pretty cool. I like him. He's a he's a big, imposing kind of. It's scary, but but funny still. All the Motocons are the kind of kind of entertaining and how goofy and clumsy they are. They're lanky, mm-hmm. lanky creatures that speak in rhyming couplets. <laughs> now, Big Face he tells Abe. Uh, he tasks Abe with venturing into the native habitats of the Paramites and Scrabs, two of the species that were driven uh, nearly to extinction by Rupture Farms. Uh, doing so will awaken Abe's ancient Mudokon powers and allow him to storm back into the factory and rescue the enslaved Mudokons um, and take down the uh, the evil leadership of the corporation. Right, right. And ultimately, you know, during that, that kind of fool's errand, you do get captured. So, you know, you rescue a few of them, you're able to, to make some headway, but you're captured, and the end. The game has a couple of different endings, um, depending on how many Mudokons you've rescued throughout the game. This is kind of an optional thing. You know, whenever you run into one, you can you can rescue it or you can ignore it. And it's more challenging to do so. Um, if you rescue over 50, the Mudokons. It shows a little scene where they collectively chant, and that uh, you know, that has Moloch the the Gluck gets struck by lightning, and Big Face rescues you. And if you rescued less than 50, the Mudokons decide you're not worth their time, and you're tossed into a meat grinder. Uh, presumably to be turned into some kind of like nutrient rich slurry. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's, and that's <laughs> the end of the game. And that's, and that's it. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously the, the canonical ending is the one where he is the one where he lives. Right. As, as uh, following a, a trail of breadcrumbs that begins with the, there being an Abe's exodus. Yeah. <laughs> the, the next game. So it's not a separate Abe. So do we want to take it level by level? 
In yeah, this it kind of go kind of goes zone by by zone in, the, in yeah. this. Um, we'll talk about mechanics mechanics and stuff as we go about it too. Um, so you start out in in rupture farms um, in the actual kind of factory floor area, and you're, you're kind of going through a, a non-intrusive tutorial right in the in the beginning where. Uh, you know, there are these kind of signs in the background and little interesting touches that tell you what to do. Yeah, you've got the, uh, they're, they're like flashing LED signs that you watch them as they scroll by. And it's and it's pretty, you know, yes, they're kind of holding their hand and they're presenting you with kind of like low-hanging fruit ways of going about learning how to do it. But you don't die a lot, so it's fun. And like, you feel <laughs> like... <laughs> like like, 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 you know, learning the ropes is not as frustrating as realizing, like, oh, you're going to, you're going to have to perfect this as you, right. as you, you know, later on. It's there's the only no section of the game where there's margin for error. Exactly. Yeah. I guess there, there we go. It teaches you, you know, the, 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 the basic gerunds of, 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 of what you're going to be doing. You're going to be running, jumping, talking to people and, uh, uh, possessing. And that's, that, that's really it. Um, the game, like, it, you know, if we're going to get into game cliche kind of things, it, it controls like Prince of Persia or like uh, Out of This World um, in that it's kind of, it, it feels kind of stiff. You're like running you're and You're on jumping. a grid. Yeah. Like you, when you, you move forward and backwards in discrete units. Yeah. Like it, it's been um, like quantized to, uh, to just like certain units. So you can't just stop anywhere. Um, I mean, it takes a little while to get used to. Um, you have a very specific jump length. You have a very specific running jump length and height. And these are all things that this section is kind of designed, designed to, to teach you. Yeah. Um, and it's really important that you have those in mind because later it's going to require a lot of precision right. for those things. And, like, th- th- I think that's an asset to the game. Like, like w- what initially feels like stiffness becomes predictability. Right. Um, I would agree with that. And, you know, that predictability extends into, like, in this one, you really learn how slicks behave. And in general, like, one of the big strengths of the game is that everything behaves in a very predictable way. Right. Agreed. And and just for, you know, for context, so slicks are the, the guards of uh, this farm. They're just kind of little tentacle-faced, like, pig creatures. Like, their bodies are on uh, mechanical chases of some kind. You yeah. Know, and they make, a, they make a robot noise when they walk. They're very, you know, every all the everything is awesomely designed in this game. So, yeah. you know, they look neat, and uh, they're violent and and crude, and <laughs> uh, uh, you know, are there to shoot you if you if you fuck around. But you know, like like you said, they they are very consistent, which is necessary because if they weren't, you know, the game would would totally fall apart. Right. <laughs> but uh, you know, you 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 go around and you get your bearings, and um, it doesn't t- it doesn't teach you how to rescue mutokods. Yeah, I noticed that too. It's kind of a weird hole in the tutorial. And I think that's intentional. I think that you're supposed to come back knowing that because right. you come back to the, these same areas later in the game, and it violates the the Cole Ross rule of whenever you go back to an area later in a game, it should be the coolest thing in the world, yeah. and it, it's not that cool. But you, you you do you do come back and I think that's when you're supposed to be rescuing these motocons. Yeah. I don't I might be wrong there. It might be all new motocons when you come back. But uh, yeah, it doesn't tell you how to do it, which for being kind of the point of the game, it's kind of strange that they don't. But they but they make allusions to it too because they talk about like how many motocon employees there are, how many have died, and how many are and how and how many have escaped. Right, right, and right. you have and the very fact that you can do it. Mm-hmm. If you know how, also makes it seem like it was yeah. intentional. So it's just, it's kind of a weird choice. I don't know exactly what they're getting at with that, 
But um, if you'd like to, you can start you know rescuing some some motocons at this point. The way you do it is every once in a while there will be birds flying in a circle, and uh, if you if you do your chant move, which is just kind of this forced chant kind of thing, they'll turn into a gate, and any motocons who are un you know unhampered at this point will run through the gate. They'll also try to run through the gate if they are hampered. There's there's several kind of frustrating situations where there are hazards between the motocon and the gate, and they are far too stupid to to avoid them. So you know they will run through meat grinders and and run right past uh you know slaves with machine guns in order to try to get for freedom to freedom. Motocons are dumb. Yeah, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> they're dumb as rocks. They're and stupid, it, stupid creatures, and I, feels, I I wish them every terrible thing that ever happens to them. <laughs> it, it, it feels like um it feels like lemmings almost, where you have to clear obstructions and make sure that the path is as is as safe as possible. Yeah, you know, um and. It, it, I almost kind of wish that we would have done Abe's Exodus um, for for many reasons that we'll get into later. Um, but you know, you're 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 rescuing Mudokans and that one too. But the different Mudokans have uh, different personalities, right? Um, so like some of them are blind and they'll keep on running unless you tell them to stop, right? And some of them are are depressed and you have to like entertain them so they'll keep following you and they'll try to kill themselves at every opportunity. <laughs> right, and and, and and it's a you know again like I I haven't played that game but I did watch the cutscenes from it. After after playing this one, um, and they and they are excellent. Like it looks like it keeps that same level of really cool um, design and, and everything, visual design. Yeah, but it's but it's funny that <laughs> Abe is. It, it's weird that he's not running around saying like, "Oh my God, they're gonna make they're gonna make us into food." <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> it's, it's information he doesn't. Maybe he just doesn't want to cause a panic. Maybe. maybe I, I don't know. That's, I don't know. I might but, but he but he but he didn't know he had a destiny until he until until he met Big Face. Right. Sure. Right. And let's talk a little bit about the other kind of big mechanic, like how talking to things. Oh, yeah. How, how that, uh, so the game introduces this thing called, you know, game speak, which was fairly innovative at the time. So by holding down, um, certain shoulder buttons and pressing in different directions, you can, uh, do kind of a certain number of things. You can say hello to, to get something's attention. You can tell it to follow you or stop. Um, and that's, those are the only real useful ones at this point. You can fart, which, you know, just makes, <laughs> makes them laugh. Um, and then you also have these uh, kind of whistle codes that come into play later. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of neat. And then one of the neat things is when you take over a slig, you have also have a suite of abilities. So there are a lot of puzzles later that involve taking over a slig and using its specific, you know, speaking. Like it can control slogs, which are these kind of dog creatures. Um, and then there are voice-activated gates that you have to be a, a slig to get by. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty neat. Like I, I can get on board with 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 how that that feels. Yeah. Everything's voice is really cute and kind of charming too. Uh, like Abe's voice is really kind of adorable. All of the voices, or at least most of the voices, were done by Lauren Lanning, the uh, the creator. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I did not know that. Uh huh. Yeah, they're good. That, that's a, they did good, <laughs> Lauren Lanning. Yeah, good, good on you. Yeah, good uh. on you. I'll talk to you. <laughs> Damn it, you took it from me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you pass a big old sign that says if you if you if you go beyond this point, all twenty eight Mudokons on this level will die, and they're not messing around with you. Right, and you don't. Here's a here's a thing. Like you don't see twenty eight Mudokons on your way. Something that I didn't even really realize until I was looking at facts, and you will look at facts <laughs> when you play this game, is that there are so there are tons of hidden areas. So many secret areas. Uh, yeah, they're, and they're very. The unintuitive defined, and it's it's tons of optional content 
But the game also trained me not to want optional content <laughs> as, as I played. So I, I had no interest. And there were a couple of these I went to just to kind of check them out. Mm-hmm. But I did not need challenge levels in this game. Like, mm-hmm. I did not need special bonus, super tough things to get, like, a higher score. Um, so th- those are the motocons that, you know, as you're leaving, you see that sign. And, you know, that it tells you how many are going to die. And at that point, like, I would saved, like, you know, eight. And I'd only seen eight. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 24? What the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And I assumed, like, I was able to come back later. But I guess they must be different motocons yeah. than the ones that can come later. So It's tough. And I wasn't looking at a fact by that point. And uh turns out it didn't really matter how many I how many I rescued anyway because I didn't beat the game. So, right. you know, oh, well, <laughs> so it goes. Yeah. So it goes 20 emoticons. <laughs> but uh you get out into the stockyard um, after you uh, learn how to throw things. I like the throwing mechanics in this, actually. Yeah, it's, it's be... really uh it's very uh, paced. Yeah. So it, it's, it's kind of an action element that is not high in action. It, it reminds me and this is a, a distant connection but one of my favorite things about uh the resident evil games um post four is that they're action games but they're very slow paced mm-hmm. like uh you you take your time you line up your shots yeah you know it's like and nothing is really that that fast and that's that kind of reminded me of this like every time you need to throw something or use a grenade you you know was, you had to be very deliberate in how yeah. you did it you had to be very deliberate, and you and you going back to the running and jumping distance and stuff like that. You had to know like which trajectory to pick in order to get it to land on the thing that you needed to get it to land on. Right, exactly. Whether it was stake or if it was a rock or a grenade or something like that. Right, agreed. Yeah. So you go out into this into the stockyard, and this is one of the more cool like visual areas because everything's in silhouette. Yeah, and, I, I really like that. Um, it introduces this kind of these motion detectors, um, which at this point are, are really no problem and later will, will integrate <laughs> you. Um, but at this point, they're not too bad. Yeah. And uh, I think this is also when the, the slogs are introduced, um, which you cannot mind control. So it kind yeah. of sets this, you know, this limit that something has to have a higher brain function for you to be able to take it over. You can only, you can only possess slugs in this game. And later on in uh, Exodus, you can possess everything. Okay. Yeah. Which you know, uh, that, that, that's good to know. It's it's yeah. not, that's not for this podcast. That's for the Exodus podcast, which we will never. That, that's that's some other show is doing. <laughs> that, that that look out for ice balls is doing on the, on the other side of the country because no no thanks. Look out for icy floors. Yeah, watch out for black ice. <laughs> the killer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they let them let them play Exodus. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Not much to say about this, except it continues the escape. Um, there are mutacons you can you can uh, rescue here, um, and it also re- relies more on the foreground background, um, you know, distinction to where you can actually like go into the background, and there are areas where you can bypass stuff by being in the background by passing through doors. It's kind of neat. Like your camera angle stays the same, so you you're real tiny in the background, and and it just it, it looks neat. You interact with things on two different planes. Yeah. So. Except that that gets infuriating later because slugs can shoot you um, between the between the different levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. like like everything introduced in the first part of this game, it becomes infuriating in the second part of the game. <laughs> exactly. uh, this whole game is is just like you know uh, Chekhov's like torture device. <laughs> Chekhov's thumb like, screws. Yeah, exactly. Chekhov's thumb screws. Like I was thinking of different ways to to you know different metaphors or how to put that this game looks so inviting and ends up being so brutal. I kept thinking it was just like this game is like a smiling murderer. This game is like, 
you know, this is an attractive house fire or like things like that. Like it just very, uh, it's like, it's like an angler fish. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just like one of those creepy fucking angler fish. And it's like, yes, I like light. It's so dark down here. What, you know, and it's just, so, you know, yeah. I'll go check it out. <laughs> Got this rhyming green guy. He looks okay. And okay. No, I'm done. So um, this is when you fall off a cliff and die, mm-hmm. and uh, and you're resurrected by Big Head, who's the, the chief that we had mentioned before. Yeah, and you're kind of introduced to this, the you know, the native world of this game. Everything up until this part point has been very dark and mechanical. Midgar, and and yeah, it's it's the Midgar, exactly. Like it's it's scummy and gross, but you kind of find out that there is a uh, you know whole natural world out there. There are non-slave native modicons are kind of like Aboriginal and everything. And this was kind of a cool cool idea you know you, you spend your entire life in, in slavery in this dark place and you actually meet you know more of your kind yeah and, and and it's again it's that whole you know the clueless protagonist as a way of doing exposition but it's cool to learn about like mutacon heritage from abe's point of view you know right right <laughs> knowing that he was born in captivity and then finding out about all that and you're finding out about it with him right which, which i like um Unfortunately, like kind of the big big piece to this is that you know the the paramites and the scrabs, which are the the primary creatures that rupture farms have have uh, hunted to extinction for food, are kind of holy animals to the Motocons. Yeah. So uh, you're sent on this quest to get um, get this power. Now is this a this is a test, right? Like is this just a test to see if you can do it, or is it you have to light those torches and that somehow allows him to give you the power tattoos or the power scars that you get? Yeah, it's like a test to see if you're the Messiah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which which he is. Abe Abe is the Messiah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, we're we're gonna we're gonna get to it. But it's an awful lot to go through for not very much. Like narratively, it's cool because yeah. like, they they you know they they want you to become the vessel for like the Mudokan sacred Aboriginal god, but it doesn't do anything. Uh, spoiler: like being the vessel for a, a sacred god uh, does not empower you a whit. <laughs> really, like, it's one of the most disappointing uh, anticlimaxes in video game history. You used it on, uh, like, four screens. <laughs> yeah, it, it is terrible after the amount of, of just uh, frustration you go through to get there. Yeah. I did these in the opposite order that you did them, but let's talk about Paramonia first because then it kind of ramps up. Yeah, I just um, went Paramonia from is less right. difficult than. <laughs> I don't know why I went from right to left, but I did end up going into Scrabania first. Yeah. Um, so you're going to the kind of like native lands of these two creatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is Paramonia, um, home of the Paramites. And Paramites are kind of these like little, these like kind of, not little, but giant spider creatures. Yeah. I mean, like knee high. Um, they, they spin webs. You know, they're, they're actually very much spiders. And their kind of behavior is that they're in, one of them will usually run away from you. But uh, they get very brave in groups. Mm-hmm. And kind of furthermore than that, they're also um, kind of playful. So they'll, you know, they'll kind of, you know, kind of prance around you and try to get you to follow them and then jump you with a bunch of their, their buddies and stuff. <laughs> they'll yeah. also get aggressive if you corner them, too. Right, right. And this is mostly consistent, even though there were several times where I felt like I hadn't cornered one and it just jumped me. Mm-hmm. You know, it was not afraid of me. So you pretty much just have to keep your distance, but they don't immediately try to gore you like <laughs> like some scrabs I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, saying. it's a stereotype for a reason. Um, but, uh, but it's kind of neat, like, as you approach these native lands, because you, uh, 
like you, you go through the part that's kind of occupied by the by the you know by the rupture farms crew where they're scouting out to capture them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you get into like the temple itself where they kind of like have made their habitat um paramonia like it's neat because like when, when you're in that like outpost area where the where, where everybody is you navigate a lot of it on elums right and elums are kind of this uh two-legged horse and then kind of a uh, cross between like a camel and an ostrich it's, it's mule backwards yeah yeah oh, yeah that's true yeah and the, the, these are you know they they pretty much just make you a little faster and allow you to jump further but uh they're they're really charming looking and the animation when you get on and off the horse is really a winner for me like i i really like that animation mm-hmm. so you go through this i don't <laughs> I, I feel I feel bad because like there are not a lot of like specific screens or puzzles that I like can call out from memory. You know, for 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 as for as much as I did them, and for as much as I you know did them again and again, you'd think that I'd be able to say, oh yeah, that one screen where you have to go up and then you have to knock the knock the meat down and then you know lure the beast to the, to the guy so he won't be one thing or the other. I just, I, it all kind of ran together for me, kind of like Metroid, Metroid Fusion. And I don't know if it would have helped if I took notes or not. Yeah, I, I, uh, I had a similar experience. Part of it is because you're trying everything so many fucking times. <laughs> you know, like, it, you're, you're there a lot, but it's just like, you, I want to get through it so badly. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not really savoring anything yeah. in this game. You know, like it's, it's just like drinking like a two liter of castor oil. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to get it through me. And then as, as quick as possible. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it's like doing a shot. Yeah. Like, it's just like a, a shot of bad, you know, like brandy. Yeah. Like, you're at some party. There's, you know, some some girl you like, and she offers you some fucking plastic <laughs> jug, yellow label, blackberry brandy. And it's just like, you know, I want to get drunk enough to, to hit on this girl. She's into it. I don't want to be rude. Like, just get this into me and out of me as fast as possible. <laughs> it's how I felt about all of these levels at this yeah, point. Exactly. I want to be done. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> like, uh, it's, such a, it's such a funny thing. I was, I was commiserating with coworkers about it. And you live in a weird world. Like, I can't explain to somebody, like, oh, my God, I'm fucking miserable and stressed out because I have to go home and play this video game. And, like, nobody gets that. Nobody, nobody understands that. You can't tell that to, like, a regular person in the regular world and have them sympathize. You know? It's like, oh, you know, poor baby, you have to go play a video game. You have to go play but, you have to go play a video game so you can talk about it with a friend on on an internet and have hundreds of people listen to it. Boo-hoo. Yeah, yeah, you poor yeah, you poor you know you poor idiot. Like <laughs> like the, the looks I got complaining about this game to people who were inappropriate were pretty priceless. I, w- I wish I had taken some pictures. <laughs> the kind of confusion and, and disgust on their faces. Just stop playing the game. You don't understand. I can't stop. Yeah, I know. I, I gotta at least put in a good effort, man. I gotta get an hour and a half out of this thing. <laughs> Come on, dudes. God, yeah. So, I mean, some of the puzzles are neat, I guess. You know? <laughs> there, well, here's here's a here's a thing. Is This is when this introduces, you know, they're kind of less, they're puzzles, but they're real uh, action-based Yeah. at this point. And this is kind of the first time that's happened. So, it, it's based on, they become reflex-based. Mm-hmm. And because of the those kind of stiff controls, which is a, an asset, you know, like every time you do something, it does the same thing. It does mean that, like, you know, there are tons of times when you're on the LM or other times where you have to run and make a jump. And they give you zero, you know, you have to make the jump at the very edge. And mm-hmm. it's really easy to pass, still be on the ledge, hit jump, but past the, the point at which the game registers that square. Mm-hmm. So it, your jump doesn't register. And I can't think of how many times, you know, I can't tell you how many times that happened to me. Yeah. Um, this is also, you know, as far as just major flaws, 
there are ch- there's a checkpoint system in this game is how, how it works. And you can save anytime you want, but it just reloads you from the last checkpoint. Um, each of these puzzle rooms is, is one checkpoint. And they have this tendency to put um, very easy, mundane puzzle stuff that once you figure it out, you can do it every time at the beginning. And then a fucking infuriating action set piece at the end. So, so many times, like, I would just like, okay, now I have to throw the meat over to the left, go down, pull the lever, jump back up onto the platform, and run to the gate while he's, you know, investigating where I was. And just kind of keep doing that in the beginning, because at the very end of this thing, there's just some stupid pit that you have to jump at the exact right moment to get through. Ridiculous. Have you ever played uh, Guitar Hero? Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Guitar Hero 3? Um, yes. Yes. Okay, so Metallica's 1. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah. that's exactly what that is. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's a seven-minute song. The first six minutes are... Which, you know, it's it's easy. But then when you get to the... Darkness! You get to that part, right. then it becomes uh, these crazy trills that you have to do, and then you have to play through the first... Freebird, too, like in Rock Band. Right. Um, you, you know, that that's what this feels like. That's what it feels it's, like. It's like that, except if you miss one note, you you fail. <laughs> yeah. Like it's this is where you know and I, I was put on Facebook like zero margin for error is never fun. Like you could have had these same puzzles and just been a little bit generous with more generous with your spacing. Like give me a two two square window to jump, or give me you know a, a three second window in order to you know to distract the paramite before his friend comes down on a web. You know, just give me a little bit more room and it would have like not been nearly as bad. Yeah. And, you know, it's just it's merciless. And like even when you're not in the the puzzle the puzzle rooms in these in, in these temples of the you know the breeding grounds for the paramites or the or the scrabs or what or whatever, which are their own discrete kind of like areas. Even when you're just getting from like, from like point A to point B in, in like uh, in in the um, factory, you know checkpoints are like uh, set apart by like four or five screens, and each right. of those four or five screens represents little things that you you know can or can't do. Right or, or or represents an opportunity for failure, and the, the the part of this that I didn't like, like when you say it becomes reflex based or where it becomes like okay, it's a bunch of easy stuff, and then it depends on you like timing it really well. To my mind, once I've figured out how to do something, that should be it. Right, it should, <laughs> you yeah. know, like that 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 should be the challenge. So like once I know what to do, and this is where I think like Portal succeeds really well. It's like once 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 you know the solution, it's it's easy to execute upon. Whereas upon this, like figuring out what to do, yes, there's a lot of trial and error at it, but it just that 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 that's such a small part of the equation that it, it just it doesn't it doesn't bear out that it's Twitch based. It does right. it, the, the the game doesn't support that. I 100 percent agree, and the the checkpoint system. When you talk about like figuring out what to do, that should be the fun of this game. Yeah. Should be figuring that out. But because you know, I would get through like I, I would be in one of these rooms in uh, Paramonia or Scrabonia. Uh, Scrabonia is is uh, uh, Paramonia, but worse. <laughs> and uh, the uh, I would get through a couple screens on my own, and then get to a point where it's like I didn't know what to do, and would run to a fact because the consequences of trial and error at that point <laughs> is doing that first part again, no matter what. Yeah. And there's tons of like, you know, there there are a lot of times where it's trial and error, and a lot of times where the game even kind of underlines this mm-hmm. in in the name of kind of a goofy sense of humor. Like uh, way back in the factory, there's a point where they introduce this that we neglected to mention, where in the middle of the room there's a lever, <laughs> and if you pull it, then the motocon that's sitting on it falls and dies, yeah. or falls on a platform. There's really not much to indicate this. 
mm-hmm. you know? Um, there are other level levers where if you pull them from one side, a boulder <laughs> falls on the other side. So if you're yeah. on the wrong side, you just die. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's intentional. It wants it to be this kind of like trial and error thing. But when the, you know, when the, the consequences for error are, you know, going through the same frustrating sequence again, like I, I am not on board. You know, it's not, it, you should just respawn right where you die, like in a safe spot in the same room. Yeah. You know, at the beginning of that. Well, they couldn't, they couldn't do it at the beginning of that screen because what if it's part of a chase? Right, like, I guess what that's if, true. Yeah, and it just you know, I was I was thinking about that because there are so many so many of those of those sequences, especially when you get to the end to you know to the very end stage of these of these temples, are like multi-screen chases where stuff is coming after you. They couldn't checkpoint it that way, so they had to put the checkpoints where they were, so so they knew you they knew that you would respawn in a safe place. You know, with the 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 thing you're referring to, which are the actual nests of these creatures, like yeah. I agree, within the puzzle rooms, you could have had it save any time you were not in immediate danger. There are lots of rooms you get to where there are just no bad guys. And as soon as you get in one of those, it should save. Yeah. You know, or anytime you go through a door, through one of these chutes, any, they're just, they just needed more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because it just, it just wasn't fun. Like, I don't want to sound wussy or anything, <laughs> but it wasn't like figuring it out was the problem. Like, I could figure it out. I just didn't want to do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's telling that like this game, you know, when we were looking at it, you know, we, we've started using this resource that's like how long to beat. Um, because this is, you know, this, game and these last couple games we've done have coincided with really tumultuous periods and, and both colonize real life. So we don't have, you know, 60 hours to put into to a game um, in a two-week span. And, uh, you know, the, how long does it take to beat? You know, it gives a, a quote of like 20 hours or something like that. So it's like, okay. Um, there's maybe like seven hours or six hours of content in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just so much of it is just dying and restarting. And, uh, you know, most of it is. You spend more time doing things you've already done in this game than you do discovering new content. <laughs> and that, that is just inexcusable. It <laughs> is. Yeah, that is, that is beyond and, the pale. And, and it, and it would, it, it would, it would feel so much better if it felt like you were getting better at doing it. If it felt like you were benefiting from it in, in some way. Right. But I just, I didn't, I didn't feel like it. I didn't feel like I was building skills because you, you built those skills. You, you built them in the, in the factory. And then this is just giving you new ways to new, new ways to fuck up, right? Right, tons yeah. of ways to fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I just uh, I, I had to do a I, I had to do a search here. It, it bears repeating. When we were talking um, uh, about zombies at my neighbors, I compared the last couple of levels to the cycle of Samsara, and <laughs> somewhere just like you gotta you gotta live a bunch of lives and mess up and suffer a lot until you reach Nirvana. And you never get to that here. Right. This, this is, you know, Samsara just over and over again, just as it goes. It's just yeah. awful. Ugh. I had visions of paramites living in the wild. How they were before I was a child. Then I saw what we did, ignored their cries, cut them up for a paramite pies. The nice thing is, that I'm, and you've got this in your notes, just to, to briefly go back to a positive point. I also <laughs> like the nest sections at the end of these. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're like really long chases that are 100% trial and error. Like you just have multiple paths in each room. One path works, one path doesn't. But they're really intense and kind of fun. And mm-hmm. I don't know why. That, I mean, it's hard to figure out exactly why that part is fun and everything else is not. Um, but I would play like a game of those. Like I thought those were pretty, you know, really kind of uh, got my adrenaline up and were really cool. Is it because- And really stylish. Like they're also in the, the same silhouette mode yeah. that uh, come, came back from the scrapyards. Is it because like like 
you knew that's what it was going to be, and it, it wasn't asking you to change gears. That could be it. And well, and you know, it was it was iterative. Where like you'd play it, get a screen in, and know what you did wrong. And yep. it was pretty easy to do the same, do the right thing the next time. Mm-hmm. So you know, every time I was making a little bit more progress every yeah. time I did, which was rewarding. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know, in in the other puzzle rooms, if I would die on a reflex based puzzle halfway through, I, there was no guarantee I was going to do it right the next time. Right. You know, I just I, there is just as likely to just have something fuck up. Right. What's what's what, what's cool about these chase sequences too is that you can actually preview the entire area from the background. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it gives you the ability to jump into these shoots uh, that launch you into the back, and then you can see how everything is laid out. How useful that information is, you know, it, it doesn't really, you know, I, I, I probably couldn't tell you, but it's neat. It, it's a neat idea to know that you can survey what you're going to have to be running through. I wonder why they didn't do it. You know, I wonder if this game would be better if they had mechanized something like that for every screen. Yeah. Like, what if whenever you entered one of these rooms, you like could turn into a ghost form and go through <laughs> it and see what was waiting for you? Like, yeah. I wonder if that would have helped. Something like that. Maybe it would have. What, like, what if it was like an iPad game and you could pan around like a bigger level, like a uh, sword and sorcery? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. That might. I mean, that might have been. You know, just off the top of my head, like maybe that would have helped. <laughs> yeah. You know, even though with the chase thing, being able to see everything at once only kind of helps because a lot of things are going to jump out. Yeah. As as you go, like. Especially with slogs. Especially with slogs. So um, after after Paramonia, you go to Scrabania, <laughs> which I, I did first. Um, Scrabania is longer. They're not symmetrical. Like I think there there are more puzzle rooms, and there it's harder because uh, Scrab Scrabs just attack you. Yeah. Um, and their their kind of twist is supposed to be that if there are two of them, they fight each other instead of you. Mm-hmm. But uh, which is does this real kind of like Tex Avery like <laughs> Bugs Bunny animation like a cloud of dust with with limbs flying out of it, but uh, it only lasts for a couple of seconds before it kills you know one of them kills the other one and then they're back on you. Some of my favorite puzzles in in, in this in this stage though had to deal with like okay this puzzle room has like five scrabs in it how do I get that down to a manageable manageable number right. That that was kind of neat, and I would say it was the only redeeming part of it. Yeah, I, I would agree. Even though this one definitely had my least favorite room in the game, which I I barely remember, but I made a couple references to it. Like I know you start out, um, you have to throw some some uh, a rock down, on, or you jump down to one side and get one to, to chase you, and then while it's it's up there, you run to the to the other side. It starts out with that. And I must have done that beginning part, you know, thirty or forty times. Yeah, I know it. Should, yeah, I played that one today yeah. actually. So yeah, and that's, I know that was it. very frustrating. But, so, but it, it's like a mirror, though. Like, they, like the, the, the Scrabania and Paramonia, the only thing that's really different between them is what they ask you is, you know, the puzzles are, are different, obviously, but the, just the behavior of these of, of these creatures, which, again, they're predictable. It's good to know, right, which, is, which is nice. Yeah. yeah. This, um, and so this leads, I mean, we're really shitting on this game, but <laughs> this leads to one of the most, like, anticlimactic, most irritating things that's ever happened to me in a video game. <laughs> so you, you get through both of these, these parts, and they're infuriating. After each one, Big Head puts a brand on your palm. That's going to give you this power. And it shows this cutscene where you're, like, out by the fire. It's Aboriginal. There's, like, you know, bongos and, and, and stuff like that, and, and people chanting. And for a second, you turn into a scrab. And I was like, holy shit. It's like a like, scrab I'm slash paramite creature. Yeah, you turn into this like monster version. I was like, oh, that's amazing. Like, I'm going to be able to turn into this thing now. <laughs> and it's going to introduce all these new puzzle concepts that have to do with being this like, you know, scrabamite <laughs> and, and everything. But instead, <laughs> you just get this weird like blue beam 
that that blows up mines in this one area that's heavily mined so you can get back to Rupture Farms. <laughs> it's just a key. All it is is gets you gets you past one screen. Yep. Come on. And and and, and <laughs> to to, yeah. to be to be fair, it is how like you quote unquote win the game at the end, you know, when you when you kill all the Moloks. Uh, right. in the boardroom um but but yeah it is it, it is ridiculous because like you you get the idea and this is something we passed over but what sometimes you'll encounter mudokons who will ask you for a password or you know, mm. you, you can greet them and they will you know do a little pattern of, of whistles and if you can if you can match their pattern of whistles which is you know it's easy to do it's just a little memory match game kind of thing um they'll give you something called the spirit rings which it's, you know, like a red circle that goes around you. And then when you're in a room with um, explosives or machinery, you chant and then you get this big concentric circle that goes out and uh, gets rid of anything that's in your way, which is which is really cool and really powerful. You think it's going to be a better version of that that you can call or a reusable. Uh, at any time. Time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. It's like you're not going to have to keep on running back to that same Mudokan over and over again. Which which fucking sucks. Yeah. When you do that. Like I had to. So I played this on a, a PSP. And PSP does not have R2 and L2 buttons, so I had to map the, that chant to my analog stick. Oh no. Which is touchy. So there are many times I would just try to hold left, which would be, you know, L2, so I could talk and accidentally hit up and use my ring, uh, prematurely. Which was very frustrating. And mm-hmm. that was a mechanic, you know, that wasn't the hardware it's meant to be played on, so it's not really the game's fault, but. Yeah. It was very frustrating. That was part uh, of your experience. Um, the, uh, so you, so you get this, you know, this, this cutscene where you transform into this where, you know, Paris grab and uh, you know you think you're going to get this thing and you're just going to get this you know you don't get a more powerful key ring this would have been an opportunity to like a introduce like a whole host of new puzzles for the second half of the game you know if you have these new abilities but b also just like kind of reward the player a little bit for going through this really harrowing thing mm-hmm. you know like I would have liked a little bit of empowerment in this game like I understand that it's not really the point of it it's supposed to be tough as nails you're supposed to be kind of downtrodden and that's thematically you know, it's a kind of a David and Goliath kind of thing, but like a little bit of empowerment would have been a long way, and they could have still made the, the game tough. Just incorporate this, you know, this feeling, give me the illusion that like what I just did mattered, and that you know it was worth it. Give me some indication, please. Totally. Of, of some kind of progress. Totally. But it's super doesn't. frustrating. Instead, instead they make the game harder. Exactly. It just <laughs> ramps up. This is, this is, you know, it doesn't get, it's not, it's not uneven. Like the game gets steadily harder throughout the whole game, but it never, it's another thing we talk about Portal. Like Portal does not feel like it gets steadily harder throughout the game. Like it, I mean, I guess it does, but there are a lot of ways where you just think differently instead mm-hmm. of harder. You know, like you get to something and you have to use something in a different way. It plateaus intelligently. Right. Right. Exactly. And this game is just a, a, a very steep ramp upwards. Yeah, I would, I would even, I would even say it's like exponential. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it is a, there's a terrible triangle because of the difficulty curve. <laughs> but, but you know, through, throughout all of Paramonia and Scrabonia, Scrabania or whatever those are, you, you're just worried about your survival. But then when you go back to Rupture Farms, you know, through the stockyard and everything, not only is security heightened because oh my gosh, one got away. Um, but you're now worrying about the lives of all these other Mudokans if you are, uh, if you're attempting to get a good ending. Um, right. and, you know, if, if you are attempting to get, to get a good ending, one of them dies and then now, okay, I better just go, you know, kill myself, uh, because, you know, I, I, I lost one, so I'm gonna have to go, you know, do it again. You know, more mm-hmm. and more trial and error. It's a, it, it adds more moving parts, more, uh, 
more variables to the equation. Like a lot more variables. Like, and, and when we say the security is ramped up, like we can't really state that enough. Like, <laughs> you know, when you go through that first section of the game where there are some motion detectors, this time they add motion detectors to mines, and there are certain kinds of bombs that you have to do a timing puzzle to shut off. Those are and throughout then, the game. Yeah, and but I, they add them all in one screen. <laughs> like, there's one specific screen. I don't know if you got to it before you quit. I'm thinking of with two very fast motion detectors, mm-hmm. a slig walking back and forth on the, the top, and then mines and uh, those timed bombs on the floor. Yeah. And it, it's, it is a really tough, tough screen. Yeah. I, I, I did manage to beat that one. That one, that, that one was actually pretty fun. I, I did, too. I got back to Rupture of Firearms, but I did not actually beat yeah. the game. Yeah, same here. Uh, we probably stopped at about the same point, actually. Yeah, um, totally. And, and yeah, we're, we're, we're going to get to this, but you get back into Rupture Farms and they actually teach you how to rescue Mudokans. And then it becomes a matter of trying to get to the various kind of, uh, they call them Zoologs, uh, which, you know, is their fun way of saying Gulags because all of them are slaves and being forced to work and then eventually become food. Um, I didn't get into any of the Zoologs uh, just just because I got to a certain point where the fact didn't even help me, and looking at the looking at a YouTube video to see like how to do it didn't help me. And then I immediately went over to just like okay, I'm just gonna watch somebody play the rest of this. Yeah, it's it's so tempting. It's like slipping into a hot bath at the end of a long day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like I'm just gonna passively take this in for a little bit. Um, well, what's crazy is like that I enjoyed that more than playing it myself. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's kind of fun. Like I ended up watching, um, you know, I watched a, a, just a let's play. So I, I got pretty similarly far. Like I got back into uh, Rupture Farms, got into about Zulog two. I did Zulog one completely, mm-hmm. and it's tough. It's like tons of slags, and they. This is where the kind of mechanic of you taking control of slags and using them to manipulate slogs yeah. really comes in, and that's kind of fun and kind of neat to have your like this little attack dog. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it was it was really hard and frustrating, and I did the same thing. Um, walkthroughs ceased ceased helping me, and I was trying to rescue motocons. Like I wasn't sweating it if I lost one, but I was like, if there's one there and I know how to do it, I'll do it. Um, so there's it at the point though I started watching. I started watching a let's play, and just watching this let's play guy edit, you know, death after death after death. <laughs> I eventually even got frustrated watching him do it and switched to a speed run where like he didn't do any motocons. He just kind of like ran through. Yeah. And I was like, I just want to see if they introduce anything new. And uh, no, it's just like increasingly complicated piles of the same elements. Yeah. Lure this yeah. guy over here, you know, control this guy. Okay. You start possessing one of them. It's going to kill. Well, yeah, one, one of them going to kill the other. And then you take him and walk him up. Yeah. It's, it's all right, the he same. Has to, he has to blow up a mine. Like, you know, if you know, and that mine has to, you know, startle a dog that has to run over to another mine. And like, you know, these increasing like Rube Goldberg esque like, but it's, you know, it's Taco Bell, Gary. It's Taco Bell. <laughs> Which way is it Taco Bell? I <laughs> no, no, it's Taco Bell. What, is ta- what does Taco Bell serve? They serve tortillas, they serve meat, they serve cheese, oh, they serve yeah. lettuce, they serve sour cream. And they just put those same ingredients in a different order. In a different order. You know, yeah. I, I, might be, I might be snaking some comedian's bit, but, th- but that's what this is. It's, it's an onion story. <laughs> Is what you're thinking. Yeah, the okay. Taco Bell has put its order, its ingredients in a whole new order. Okay, okay, uh, thank you. Uh, we'll, we'll put that. We'll put that in the show notes, uh, <laughs> just just to give credit where credit is due. Yeah, but, but like I, that that doesn't interest me. I don't know. Yeah, I like I, it just may, may, maybe okay. Referencing Portal again, since we're talking about action puzzle games, maybe Portal is like that. But they but they 
do it in a, they, 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 it's not tedious and it's tedious in this. Yeah, and part of that is that I mean I really feel like it's that margin for error thing. Yeah, like I yeah. need to be able. They just need to. You need to allow for slightly slower reflexes, you know, <laughs> than than these weird machines you have playtesting this. Why don't you? Why, why don't you just get better at games? Yeah, yeah, I guess. And, I, and, and that's the chorus that I hear in my head every time I complain. Like every time yeah, I see the, the, <laughs> the difficulty of a game is is a bad thing. Right. I'm, not, I'm not averse. I mean, this is the third episode in a row where I've said that Dark Souls is my favorite game of the past, like, let's say, two years. Um, right. <laughs> I'm not averse to it. I'm not bad at video games, I don't think. But it just, it just, yeah, margin for error. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm mostly averse to it. Like we, you know, we we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. But like the way I play, I don't play video games for a challenge. Like I, I, I like, I can appreciate that. I've done some like kind of fun challenge, you know, things like beat the weapons in Final Fantasy VII, which was, yep. you know, I didn't just grind until, you know, we had to come up with a certain kind of equipment setup. Mm-hmm. That's really fun. Like, I was really into, like, sequence breaking in Final Fantasy X, like, fighting arena monsters before <laughs> you should be able to. Yeah. Um, that was really fun. Like, I like doing that kind of thing where I have to think about it. Yeah. Um, that feels like a challenge and it's fun. But I, I mostly play video games to get as wide an experience out of them yeah. as possible. And this game is not built for that. Like, it's built to test your reflexes. Yeah. You know, ultimately that's, you know, because the, the puzzles, while some of them are tricky, I don't feel like they're that tricky. I didn't feel like my brain got stretched very much during this. It really just tested, you know, when to know when to jump over a pit. <laughs> and that's, that's really what it tests. Yeah. You, you describing the way you approach it, you know, it's like playing to get the widest experience and to experience the most things. That made me reaffirm that, that that's the kind of game player that I am because I thought about what if I was reading a book but at the end of every chapter I had to solve a Sudoku <laughs> puzzle. Oh, I thought you were going to say at the end of every chapter you had to like, you know, restart the chapter. <laughs> or like if you're reading a book and anytime something interrupts you you have to start at the beginning of the chapter again. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, anytime you you mispronounce a word like you're reading it out loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just like, you know, any other form of media would not work this way. No, no. You know, it's just kind of this like ah. Man, so, we haven't said a single good thing about this game. But there's not, there's not. I mean, I, I hated this. Like, I, I liked it less than Metroid Fusion. Um, <laughs> you know, and I didn't like Metroid Fusion very much. Like, at least Metroid Fusion was fun for the first like three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this, this, I did not like this game. Mm-hmm. Um, other than you know, there are some, some things I do like about it. Yeah. Um, let's just we'll talk about the ending a little bit and then just kind of go into that. Yeah. Um, we, we, we mentioned them earlier. What, what happens in them? What's kind of interesting about this is like, you talked about um, what game was it where you're talking about how the oh, uh, oh saving uh, yeah saving uh, Sid yeah. is one of the few times in video games where the fail condition is more interesting than the win condition. I really like the bad ending of this game. <laughs> like the the good ending is just kind of this Deus Ex Machina where you know magic things come and save you and kill things by magic. <laughs> the bad ending though, where like the the big head is kind of consulting with these motocons and is like you know what do you think? What, what should we do? And they kind of sound like they're like just kind of like wise guys, you know. It's real charming. Like, he was a schmuck. Like, he, he. And then one of them goes like, "He shot us," which like, I never actually did. But what I just I love the delivery on that line. Like he shot us with a gun. Of course they're not going to save him. Yeah. Um. So that ending is so good. And I also you know like being the the secret goth emo kid that that I have some weird tendencies towards. Like 
the idea of trying so hard and still getting a bad ending is appealing to me in a perverse way. <laughs> you know, like it's not good enough no matter what you do. Yeah. And that, that's all. That's a, a, a party line I can usually get behind. So. It's a, the, the game is so harsh and it's testing you at every single step of the way. It's nice to know at the end. Yes, they are judging you and they judge you harshly, sir. Yeah, exactly. Like it fits <laughs> in. You know, you think that getting 50 of the motocons wouldn't be hard because it's just half. Yeah. But it is. Like, especially when half of those are hidden. Like, you pretty much have to go into the hidden areas to get, you know, more than 50 motocons. Mm-hmm. Or save every fucking motocon when you come back. Yeah. And that's, you know, better you than me. Exactly. I'm willing to do that. Yeah. Um, the good ending, you know, lightning just strikes. What's kind of interesting about Moloch the Gluck, though, is that he's, uh, he's on stilts or he's just got two really long legs. That, that's just what the Gullick, the, the Moloch's or the Gullick's or whatever they are. That's what they are. Yeah, they look neat. Like he looks like a big imposing like Darth Vader kind of figure, but he's actually this spindly like. Yeah, he doesn't have he doesn't even have any shoulders. The the shoulders are all in the cloak. Yeah, <laughs> he looks neat. Yeah, I like that a lot. Give me an animated series. I Do watch it. the Oddworld animated series. See, like, I, I I thought that's what the I thought that that's what the um the Oddworld inhabitants went on to do. Like when, when they when they left games after Stranger's Wrath, like they went on to do like animated stuff, but nothing has come out of that. Yeah, they haven't really done much, and that's that's a shame because that is their strength. And maybe they just took them years to figure that out. Like they don't need to tie this amazing sense of aesthetics and storytelling and charm to a game. No, they just present it as it is. Like it, it would be a better screensaver than a game. <laughs> no. I think that's the harshest thing we've ever said. <laughs> That's the meanest thing I ever said to, to a game or to a person. <laughs> I mean, you come up wanting compared to, the, to compared to flying toasters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know that thing that's just that maze that goes on forever. That is more fun. God, I want to. I wanted to play that game so bad. A maze game? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was pretty. I, I could watch that thing for a long time. <laughs> it just helps you think. Uh, <laughs> so what, else, what else can we say that's good about this game? Other than that, it would be better as a screensaver. <laughs> well, I mean, let's go into it looks good. And I realized how hypocritical I am saying it looks good, uh, because really, when you think about the graphics and everything and the way that it's presented, it's Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, in a way, but the design is like a lot stronger. Like, yeah. Part of why I don't like Donkey Kong Country isn't just like the 2.5D, because everybody looks like a big fat idiot. <laughs> like everyone has a big stupid expression on their face. Yeah. And that like this, at least like everything is kind of lanky and angular. And, uh, you know, there, I've never seen, you know, the, the sligs are just like, they look neat. Like these weird, like pig tentacle face things that ride around in a mechanical chases, like <laughs> tons of imagination, you yeah. know, and you had mentioned double fine earlier. Like that's something that could be yeah. from like, uh, like a Tim Schafer, you know, like it's, it's like a darker version of that, like a Tim Burton, you know, Tim, Tim Schafer. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, Tim well, Schmafer Burton. Yeah, yeah, with, with like no no checkerboards or, you know... No checkerboards or Danny Elfman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's just, it's... Everything looks really, is designed really well. And so the graphics aren't, you know, so much... Like, I feel like this would look good on a Super Nintendo, too. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I guess when I called it Donkey Kong Country, I, I was referring to it technologically because it is like stuff they they, they, they did 3D renders and then made then made stills or sprites mm-hmm. out of it that animate to it, but it animates really well. Yeah, well, yeah, it looks like the animation is great. Yeah, everything you do has tons of personality, like pulling yourself up on a ledge or you know uh, uh, rolling or anything like that. You get the morph ball in this game. We didn't mention that. Oh yeah, you do. You pretty okay. much can turn into a morph ball though. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but it animates and looks you know the, the the comparisons to you know out of this world or um, 
or, or, or Prince of Persia are apt because those were both rotoscoped games. And this, you know, this, I don't know, I don't think that they rotoscoped, rotoscoped this, but they definitely put a lot of care into making it look natural the way that you move. So, um, music was really good too. I liked, I liked the music a lot, but I'm a fan of ambient music. I want to know how you felt about it because you're, you're, you're the, you're yeah, the resident music. I'm the music stop. Um, it was, it was, yeah, it was not super memorable to me. Yeah, no. Like I can't, I can't. Yeah, I, I like um, the kind of main theme that plays through, like the title screen. Well, no, the title screen just kind of like it's like birds chirping and stuff, right? Yeah, it's like there's some, there's like a, there's like one piece of music that's coming to mind when I think back on it, but it was mostly, you know, it was mostly forgettable for me. Like I'm not as big a fan of ambient music. But I liked um, I, li- I liked how the music changed in reaction to what was happening. You know, the whole variable mix shadow of the Colossus, you know, I, I did like that. Like with something when you alerted a creature, yeah, like, uh, you know, new elements would come into the, the music and stuff. I did like that. I liked the, uh, the, the kind of the drum and bass kind of stuff that happened when you possessed a slig, mm-hmm. you know, I guess drum and that's a genre of, of, of music. I liked the, dr- the drum and bass tracks and that they drums added to and bass guitars. Yes. There we go. There we go. Um, I, yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, I know I think about it. Like, I think that's true. It didn't, maybe didn't like wash it, you know, uh, make a huge impression, but I also, you know, didn't make a point of paying attention to it, even though I should have just cause I was, I was frustrated. There's, there's an amazing story about this game and it has, you know, I, I, I put a link to it in, in, in the notes here and then we'll link to it on the show notes as well. Um, but, but it kind of goes along with the sound design, you know, kind of like in Metroid Fusion, we made a distinction between how like bad the soundtrack was with how good the sound design was. Mm-hmm. In this game, the sound design is amazing. Like everything that you do has a really distinctive sound that is, uh, that is attached to it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there is this guy, uh, his name is Terry Garrett. Uh, this was, uh, about a year ago. Uh, as a blind man, uh, blind, a blind, uh, you know, 23 year old person, college kid kind of guy. And he beat this game. That's pretty awesome. By sound alone. <laughs> yeah, I, I will have to, uh, to watch that. Yeah. Or look at that, check out it's, that link. And he, and he describes, you know, he, he, he describes his way of going about it. Um, but he's also beaten like Abe's Exodus and, and, and everything. But he says, you know, kind of like, kind of like you alluded to earlier, you know, there, there's a certain number of steps for every single, you know, for every single screen, knowing that and knowing, you know, what sound everything would make. Like you can hear enemies, uh, from a couple screens over. So being able to predict from that and just like knowing that they put so much effort into this and adding sounds to every single action, like that's, it's a small detail that if you're not an audibly focused person, you're you're not going to catch it, but it does help, right? right. And obviously, help tons if this guy could do that. That's really cool. Like, I'm I'm looking forward to checking that out. But and, um, and I, mean, I guess like finally, like the last good thing about it is, that even though there's not tons of story material, like a lot of the story stuff is kind of indirect and part of the design. The actual story is pretty strong and has a good uh, good message, not overly overt or, or abrasive. This kind of environmentalism, um, you know, animal rights kind of. Uh, Kind of thing, yeah. Anti-corporate message, uh, you know, it's a very strong, like vegetarian uh, kind of uh, kind of thing, and it's 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 out of the way enough to where if you didn't agree with it, it it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be in the way. But it's a very persuasive game politically. I would I would say, um, right. Just 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 by just by how charming it is, and just by the just by the uh, presentation. And I can't think of a lot of other games that have done that in this way as effectively. Cool. Yep. When they when they came for the paramites, I didn't say anything because I'm not a paramite. When they came for the scrabs, oh, no. I didn't say anything because I'm not a scrab. And then when they came for the motocons, 
There was no one left to say anything for me. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> we can tie the Holocaust into anything. Yes, we can, and we High can. Five. Uh, <laughs> e five. Let's do it. Yeah, e five. Uh, <laughs> God damn. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that, and that's that's odd world for you. I don't think that we've really got anything else to say about this game. I can't recommend this game. Um, in any real sense. But if you are masochistic and all this sounds good to you, like, go for it. Yeah. Um, and if you can get by, like, I think watching the cutscenes, kind of tellingly, there's a cheat code in this game that lets you just watch the FMVs. Oh, like, no. do that. You know, like, at the very least, go do that. Or watch a, watch a, um, well, I guess not a speed run because he's going to skip all the FMVs. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, watch the FMVs and uh, get a, an idea of the game and then maybe just kind of move on. Yeah. What, watching somebody play the game successfully is very fun. Yeah. Um, trying to play the game successfully yourself is not. Yeah. Give, give, you know, go to an alternate world where you know this was a cartoon and, <laughs> and it's amazing, and send me a DVD from Shout Factory <laughs> when they do the collected odd world. Um, <laughs> All right. So you heard what we thought about this game. Um, not positive things. Not great things. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, as usual, we like to give you the opportunity to chime in and let us know what you think as well. Yeah. yeah, so we, we've got some responses for this. Despite the fact that, uh, you know, even given limited candidates, Facebook kind of voted us into this game, um, they, they were strangely silent when it came, when it came time to, to chime in, which makes me think, you know, I'm not a paranoid man, but I can only assume they're trying to get us to kill ourselves so they can uh, inhabit our bodies in some are, kind of suit. Are we being gang-stalked? Yeah. By, by, yeah. Like everybody on our Facebook page is gang-stalking us? They're, they're the paramites of, of, of the Internet. <laughs> And in a group, they were just going to uh, lull us into a, a false sense of security and then yeah, uh, and destroy they, us with, with games. And then pounce. We're not then, ready yeah. for when life attacks. We're not ready, we're, we're not ready for when our Facebook... <laughs> not, not now. Like, <laughs> like, we, like not, not now. We're at our weakest, people. Like, who do this now? <laughs> <laughs> You're kicking us when we're down. Come on. I know. Come on. Um, that, that's okay, though. That's okay. Um, we got through it. We're, st- we're not stronger for it, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how to finish that sentence. It's like House so, of Leaves, where we're diminished. Yeah, um, we're, we're a little little bit diminished. Um, so yeah, so we got a couple of comments from uh, some regular commenters, some of our favorite people of all time on the Something Awful forum. Uh, this first one is from Jet Set Lemming, and uh, he has this to say. I played Abe's Odyssey when I was a young kid, and hearing its message while I was still an impressionable youth made me the liberal I am today. As far as I remember, it was the first game that gave me a negative reaction to violence, instead of thinking, cool. Also, having to save every single Moticon to get that good ending is such bullshit, especially since the normal ending ties into that negativity betrayed, uh, negatively betrayed violence, with poor Abe getting dropped down into a grinder in CGI. Having to rescue every tribal in Jet Force Gemini to unlock the last boss is less bullshit than Oddworld 1 was. So... I like the that. first. Uh, thank you, Jetset. I liked the first part of that, uh, but but I you don't have to to get the best ending. Do you get something if you rescue every single one of them? I was unclear on that. There's a weird. There's a thing that was a commercial for this game. The FMV is called Guardian Angel, and I feel like maybe if you get all of them, you get that. But I think okay. you only have to get fifty to get the good ending. Okay. And this is the kind of thing when you're the the diligent games journalist we are who don't actually beat the things before we talk about them. So uh, we don't know. I don't know. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, but he, I think he might be referring to that. Yeah. Um, and if you watch that, it's actually a TV commercial for the, the game, huh. which uh, it was kind of weird if it was the, the best ending, but it does use some weird assets. that are not in the game. Hmm. Um, 
the game does have like does have a, an anti-violence message you know even though death comes early and often to to yeah. all things except i would say that like it is it does encourage kind of a perverse glee about killing sligs yes like it does. you yeah your, your character giggles whenever it happens after you possess a slig you you can't unpossess it you can only cause it to explode <laughs> and when you do you know you're I know, Abe loves it. So. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because like the entire game is like, oh, it's this whole race of people that, or this whole whole race of creatures that is being enslaved, and then you you your primary way of fighting back is by hijacking the minds of these other creatures and enslaving them and causing them to kill themselves. Seriously, like I didn't even think about that, but that's a way more kind of violation. You know, like I'm going to possess your mind and force you to kill your colleagues and your pets. It's you know, before making you walk into a meat grinder. And why why would you choose the race of people who could do that to be your janitors? <laughs> no, that's, that is true. That was kind of poor planning on their part. <laughs> um, well, presumably the other ones can't do it. Oh. Maybe. I don't know if that's actually true. Maybe Abe can only do it because he's the chosen one. Because otherwise, why are they slaves? Like, you know, the slaves would have shown up and they'd just been like, okay, nero, nero, nero. And then they're, okay, and then done, they're done. They're institutionalized. They're, they're yeah. like they're like Brooks from Shawshank. Totally. And if they actually got out, like what would they do? Well, they, they should do they should do a guidance game where it's like all of the rescue emoticons killing themselves after working in a grocery store. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I missed Rupture Farms. <laughs> At least there you got three squares. Yeah, <laughs> you got three squares of a cot, you know. Yeah, totally. Oh. Three hops and a cot. <laughs> That's not, we should write ad copy for for Rupture Farms. <laughs> Rupture Farms, three hops and a cot. <laughs> Yeah. Dear God, who cares if the three hots are made of your best friends? Yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. Okay, next one is from our uh, most recent uh, commenter who has been killing it, uh, Hong Kong. We love you, Hong Kong. Thank you. Says, hey, Waff dudes, hope I'm not too late. I finally admitted defeat and gave up on Abe. I know I sound like a busted record, but damn it, I want to like it. I first gave the game a try around 2007 and couldn't force myself past the first few rooms. When Stranger's Wrath got released for a PC a little while back, I gave it another shot and made it further, but gave up pretty quickly. Now I have been forcing myself to play it on my lunch breaks, but I just can't do it. I think it's most of the controls. They just don't seem to want to work for me. It might be because of my tiny little laptop I'm using, but I feel like the commands that I am using don't work in time, or they're just wrong. I'll try to sneak, but I can't keep it up and get caught, or I'll try to do something that, is, that isn't even that precise, but fails horribly time and time again. And I fully admit I may be the issue here. You're the not the issue. <laughs> I'm just going to interject right no, there. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, the worst part is that, again, I want to love it. The story behind the odd world that they have created is awesome. Horrible creatures that are willing to destroy everything in the hunt for money. Bomb vending machines, hippies. But all these things are just wrapped around a game that doesn't seem to want me to play it. Yeah, that's that's our sentiments exactly. Um, <laughs> that, that echoes my experience almost we, almost perfectly. We went into it so positive. Like I think, yeah. I think like we emailed each other like after we watched that opening that 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 opening uh, uh, cinematic. Just like man, so good. Like we were we we were so hopeful. Yeah, it is, I feel like a fool now. It's sad. Like if you, you could, we could you know come up with like a, a couple you know few paragraphs of correspondence of us being like overwhelmingly positive about this game on the other end and now it just looks you know it's just sad it's like a uh, a kid with with progeria cracking all his ribs catching on her fall the, um, 
<laughs> You're coming up with the most depressing imagery. Yeah, I, I didn't come up with that. I, I, that's our Venture Brothers reference. Oh, is it? Okay. In, yeah, and in all... Uh, in all fairness. Uh, I, I wish I had come up with that. That's one of my favorite euphemisms for something being sad. <laughs> it's, like he's, it's, like he's, it's like he's channeling dead crazy, guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I totally, I 100% agree with you, Hong Kong. Yeah. Because, uh, all those things were bullshit. Uh, we also tried to like it. I didn't try to play it on my lunch break, but it's, it reminds me of like trying to work out on your lunch break or something. Like you just get home from work and just be like, okay. <laughs> <sighs> you know, <laughs> I had to do a couple of sets of Abe's Odyssey. <laughs> uh, thank you for making a, a try. Yeah. To play along, and thank you. I just said, uh, we didn't ask you to do that to yourself. You didn't have to keep trying. Yeah. We're the only ones who are forced to do this. Finally, um, we have a very succinct comment from Al. Exclamation point. Al. Al. Um, also from the, uh, the, the message board. And he says, <clears throat> here's my review for Abe's Odyssey. Colon. Fuck this game. <laughs> Even watching a Let's Play of it makes me feel tired and frustrated. I'm not sure whose definition of fun this is. And I liked Flashback and Out of This World, which are based on much of the same principles. Tired and frustrated. Yeah, I agreed. <laughs> I also liked Flashback and Out of This World. What What's different about those games? Like, I thought about trying to do Out of This World for this podcast. Like, I really like Out of This World. Where does that, where is that fun where this game is not? I don't, I don't know. Are you also, I'm kind of scared to go back and have it be <laughs> terrible. Because like, I, I remember liking it, but I, you know. I feel the same way about Prince of Persia, honestly. Yeah. Because I remember playing that on the on the max at the, at the, at the, at the public library and just loving it and just, you know, doing everything, but going back to going back to the more kind of like the modern remake that they did, that they did for Xbox live arcade. It's the same thing, but you just, you, you can't, ah, oh man, I don't know. It doesn't work. It's such a weird, it's a, this is the, one of the nichest genres, you know, when you say puzzle platformer, that sounds like that can be a lot of things. Yeah. You know, like, that, that's like a, um, limbo. That, hmm. Limbo, like Limbo is an amazing. Yeah, puzzle Limbo platform. is a puzzle, puzzle platformer. Braid is technically a puzzle platformer. Like okay. puzzle platformer is really a, a, a broad thing, but this is very specific, like grid based. I, I can't really think of more than four, you know, these four games or the series, the Abe series, but Prince of Persia, Flashback, Out of This World, and Abe's Odyssey that are that are like this. There was one for the PlayStation that had it was like it was oh, like yeah, Shadow, Heart of Darkness. Shadow, Heart of Darkness. Yeah, I was yep. about to say Shadow Hearts, but that's an RPG. Yep. Yeah. Um, Heart of Darkness. That, so that's another one. But this is this might be the smallest genre in video games. <laughs> it is just the, you know this is a niche, yeah. and it doesn't have its champions like you know visual novels or adventure games. Like it's not you know not people just going nuts for for more of these. That's funny. You mentioned the two the, the two genres that I am a champion of. Um, well, <laughs> well those are, that's what comes to mind when I think of niche genre. Yeah. Well, let's let's um, eat some deliberation <laughs> crunchies or something. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But it's Abe. He's killing it. Did you see him? Yeah, he didn't do much. But Abe, he's one of us. He, did, he wasn't any good. He wasn't really that good. He shot us. But what do you think? He was a schmuck. Well, how about you? I don't get it. Now, boss. No, guys, no, no. No, no. Uh, Let him. We've come back from eating deliberation crunchies and not caring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just retired, defeated. And we decided to give the, uh, give the award to Jet Set Lemming. Um, all three are excellent comments that I agree with, um, but I like how Jet Set touched on the political message of the game. And, uh, you know, one thing that you'll pick up from listening to the show is that being exposed to ideas through video games at an early age is something that really resonates with both Cole and me. Um, and this is, you know, an, uh, an example of that, obviously, for, for Jet Set. Yeah. So we like that. 
Yeah, we like that, and uh, that's why we talk about retro games, and that's why we talk about these things that are from our formative years, and it's a worthwhile pursuit, I think. So thank you, Jet Set. Uh, mm-hmm. You can uh, contact us to claim your prize or have us donate or what have you. If you would like to uh, get a copy of our next game, um, I don't know if there's a way for us to get it to you, but uh, let's talk about what we're playing next. Yeah, which, let's, let's, uh, which, there's been a little bit of a shake-up yes, in, there in that world. So. So uh, the next game we're doing is Silent Hill 2. Um, I just got that in the mail pretty recently. Just started playing it for the first time. I'm I'm loving it so far. Cole is playing it for like his 40th time. Like that. <laughs> but imagine that to be you know if you like hearing. I know that a lot of people like hearing us shit on things. Um, I'm not anticipating that for our next game. I think that there will be a kind of a love fest for the next stretch. But we need it. So just just go easy on us a little bit. Like we need to. To play some games that we like and that yeah. uh, are, we need to be positive for a little bit. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah, we need we need to be positive for a little bit. So why don't we play one of the most sorrowful and just emotionally exhausting games? <laughs> that, that, is, that is just the way I am. I thrive on negativity. Gotcha. So I know you're joking, but it. that is what I want out of out of life, pretty much. <laughs> I love it. That's how I recharge. It's kind of like the the definition of an introvert is somebody who is who is recharged when they're alone, and an extrovert is somebody who is recharged when they're around people. Right. We, we're just negative people who 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 thrive on sadness and horror. So Silent Hill 2, we're, we're, we're going to, you know, refresh ourselves at the, at the great, uh, spring of awesome games there. Uh, the, the timing has kind of like shifted a little bit to where it's suboptimal. Uh, it used to be to where this was like right when the HD collection was going to be coming out and that was how I was going to play it. And that's how I was hoping like other people were going to play it. Um, but, uh, they pushed that back by two weeks. So I am playing yeah. it in, uh, the, the regular amount of D's, uh, <laughs> right. Single D, which means that I'm on my uh, man. I, I need to see. I think I'm on, I'm on my seventh new game, new game plus. Yeah, that, that's awesome. That <laughs> encourages me about playing it. Yeah, because um, there is something like if a game keeps you coming back like that, there's something really yeah. kind of fun to, to doing it and getting. I imagine you know your opportunity for this. Like when we first announced we were going to do this, we drew a little bit of fire from that something awful board just as it's a game that's been done on talked about. But you know we're we're unique enough people that we were we will have different perspectives on it. Yeah. And it is good, you know, for you to have a chance to to approach a game that you love this much from yeah. that direction. I feel I, I feel like it's going to be like the, the the mirror version of Shadowrun, where that was a game that you had done so many times and loved so much, and you know, and I and I was fresh to it. Right. Like, right. Except we've got a, yeah, we've got a couple of those like coming it. up as well. Yeah. Oh, sorry to talk over you. That's fine. Except you're except you're really going to like Silent Hill too. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and it might it probably is a little bit better. After that, we were originally going to do uh, Legacy of Cain, uh, Blood Omen, but we're going to punt that down the, the playing field a bit. Like, after this Abe's Odyssey experience and Metroid Fusion, like, I'm just, I, I started playing Legacy of Cain and I got to a part that was just, you know, raising my blood pressure. <laughs> and uh, I just, I can't, I don't have the strength in me, guys. <laughs> I can't do it. Like, eventually I want to do it. It's, you know, I, I think there's probably interesting things to say about it, but I want to push it back. So uh, instead, we're going to do Klonoa. Uh, um, for PlayStation One, yeah, that is a uh, two and a half D platformer. It's a light, breezy little affair uh, that is generally very well regarded. Uh, it is not uh, one that either of us have played, uh, mm-hmm. so we're both coming to it fresh. And what's awesome is it's only like six bucks, and you can get it on PSN. So yeah, yeah super well regarded. I'm really looking forward to playing it. It's kind of like a, a you know platformer classic. Yeah, and you know like just kind of a fun platformer is what what I need. 
when when we were trying to come up with a substitute for Blood Omen, um, I, I get the feeling that we both kind of arrived at this as the substitute independently. Right. <laughs> yeah, we actually did. Like I, I sent Cole an email and I said, uh, you know, hey, I kind of want to not do Blood Omen. I've got some ideas for things to do instead. We'll talk on Skype. And then uh, he just like you know emailed me back a little while later. He's like, well, how about Klonoa? And that was exactly <laughs> I had already bought it and downloaded it just to play it, even if we didn't do it. Yeah. So uh, serendipity. Mm-hmm. So after that, we're going into our, our next uh, two-parter, which is on uh, Planescape Torment. Is the uh, That's correct, right? Yes, that is the entire month of April. Right, and that, then the tables turn yet again for a game that I've played many, many times and Cole is fresh to. <laughs> um, also better than Shadowrun. Um, I am, am six hours into my playthrough of that for the show, and fucking damn, start playing this game if you, if you are going <laughs> to have any interest in playing along with us, because it's so good. It is so goddamn good. It is like it's it's making me doubt my like like I'm on the record as Fallout being my favorite game of all time. And playing this again, like with this kind of eye is making me feel like this might take it. It's so good. (laughs) That's how I'm feeling about Silent Hill 2 right now. It's going to be it's going to be a great six weeks for us if I end up liking Silent Hill and you like and it'll be (laughs) an explosive six weeks. If uh, if you do not like Torment, and I do not like no, Silent Hill. I already know. I've like the what I've played of Torment. I love, so it's gonna be it's gonna be good. It, gonna yeah, it's it's amazing. Like so, I, and I have I keep I'm I'm keep checkmarking things. Like this is incredible. I can't wait to talk about this on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like this is incredible. I can't wait to talk about this. Yeah. So th- those are gonna be really exciting and fun two episodes for us. Yeah. Um, I think the halfway point for that. I think we're gonna play through the lower ward for the first half. So if you play the game, that'll make sense to you. Um, the second half will begin with the clerk's ward. If not, though, I mean, it doesn't really matter for, for your purposes, but just uh, if you're going to pace yourself along with us. I think that's around what I think the game splits into. The clerk's ward, is that a is that a movie that you really like when you're young and then when you grow up, you realize it's kind of juvenile and shitty? <laughs> that's it's that kind of ward. It's <laughs> okay. exactly that ward. Um, <laughs> no. Um, after that, we're doing, uh, uh, for, 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 for May, we're going to be doing EVO, The Search for Eden. Yep. Uh, which is a platformer, spore, evolutionary kind of uh, flawed gem. Which uh, we're, we're back in the, the the frustrating games uh, section. <laughs> that game can be very frustrating, but is very awesome. And by that time, I think we'll have rejuvenated, and we'll be ready to take on uh, things that are are harder to take on. Yeah. Um, after that, we're doing a. Uh, this will either be one episode or two. Um, we're going to play through the Mac Venture games for NES. So there's there's four of those in that series. Um, Shadowgate. Uninvited, Deja Vu, Deja Vu 1, and Deja Vu 2. These are really interesting ports of very early adventure games, ported from the computer for the NES. They are all really breezy, which is why we're going to do multiple ones, and very short on plot. So we kind of just want to do them. May, we may even get through them in an episode. Like We're going to have to start playing them and see, uh, see what it looks like. But that will be one episode or two. And right. uh, those games, I have a... a Reputation, it's easy to die in those games, but the consequences are really low for doing so. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very fun adventure games. Maybe my first adventure games. So mm. uh, that's pretty neat. Neat. Um, and that's, uh, that's our schedule, and that takes us up through, uh, up through the uh, end of May. Yep. So um, please play along with the, those games with us. Um, as always, uh, you can you know, get in touch with us if you have things to say about those through the Facebook group, that uh, Something Awful page. Um, through www.duckfeed.tv forward slash watch out for fireballs. Um, there's a contact button there. Um, there's also a phone number, which Cole will say now. 419-834-WOFF. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, just get so that that's an awesome thing you can do. As far as other awesome things you can do, um, we love it if uh, you mm-hmm. would rate and review us on iTunes. Um, just let us know, you know, friend us on Facebook, tell your friends about us, blog about us. A couple people have done that. Um, talked about us on message boards. I am a little bit embarrassed to admit that I have a Google alert set up for that kind of thing. So when someone Me talks too. about us on a, on a board, I learn about it. But, uh, you know, I really like that. And it's awesome that people do that. I uh, would like to thank Twitter user Gunner Craig, that is Gunner K-R-I-G-G, who uh, gave us a shout out um, on, on uh, Twitter, which is really nice. Yeah. And he also mentioned us on uh, his, um, what is that? Ask me at Formspring. And uh, oh. he does he does a, a web comic that is uh is very good um, cool. has won many awards so that is very cool that he's a fan of the show I want to just we haven't done a, a plug section in a while and we won't do the the whole version of it but I wanted to mention on the show um so I, you know the next kind of stage of my public uh, output is starting and I've uh, started a, a centralized website so if you're interested in me um, now you can now go to GaryButterfield.net dot um, com was taken. I really wanted to do dot biz because I thought it was funny, like Gary Butterfield dot biz in like kind of a Tim and Eric way. But then I also thought that was going to confuse people. So I decided <laughs> against it. Um, but I'm going to eventually put all of my podcraft, a new uh, podcast up there. Um, right now I've been into writing essays and reviews. So mm-hmm. there's a, a pretty long, uh, I talk about this series called Crontendo on there. Um, that's pretty interesting and is recommended. So I would head over there and read that. It is a great resource for all things Gary. And yes, uh, it's a one-stop shop. <laughs> one-stop shop. Um, and if you like, uh, if you like me, uh, other shows on the Duckfeed Network, the uh, stand and the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This, and uh, those damn Ross kids. Uh, you know, two shows that I do, talking mm-hmm. about games and funny stuff. Hopefully, you like them. Yeah, very good shows. Um, I yeah. like. So all of those are things that you can do, but uh, I think that uh, most of all, we would ask you to, to, to do two things. The, the first would be um, just. Try not to play Odd World without knowing exactly what it is. Don't have yeah. your youthful enthusiasm crushed. If, if you if you see like a, a litter of fucking you know scrab puppies, drown it. Like put it in a bag and throw it in a river. Like anything you can do to kill any of the things from this game. Like I pretty much support. Yeah. They 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 you know committed the uh, the unforgivable sin of, of frustrating us. Yes. Yes. Look out. <laughs> but um, what's, the, what's the other thing they can do? The other, the other unforgivable sin is not to watch out for fireballs. Anyway, I don't care if you're dead. Like you're idiots, and you, you keep jump running into machine gun fire. Like, but, you know, I, 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 if it was a different part, like if it was like Modicon, new and tasty should be like a Modicon steak or something like that. Like they look like they would make steakums. Like that's probably how steakums are made. 
is if oh, you, like in, in today's world, like if you put a emoticon into a grinder, you get steak arms. Like I don't want to eat anything's brain or eyeballs, <laughs> but you know, I, I don't know. I'm all for turning these things into food. <laughs> like they're, they're assholes and they piss me off. Yeah. They're shits and they're a piece of shit and I just lots, want them dead. Lots of lean meat. Lots of, lots of lean meat on, the, on those. Yeah. Yeah. 